Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's continue with 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're in verse 4 now. So if you have such matters, do you appoint as your judges those who have no standing in the church? I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is not one wise person among you who is able to arbitrate between fellow believers? Instead, brother goes to court against brother and that before unbelievers. Like is, there, is there nobody who's able to mediate a conflict within the church? You got you to sue each other instead and defame the name of Christ and put on a public display and permanent public record an inability to reconcile between two people who profess to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ that atones for absolutely every last one of the sins of those who believe in him. There ought to be somebody somewhere in your church who's able to referee this thing, who's able to step in as a brother and, and speak wisdom into it. If you followed step one, then the two parties would have handled this one-on-one, -on -one, and that handles the vast majority of the issues. I've never seen Matthew 18's three steps for church discipline fail. I've seen it botched and the results are catastrophic, but I've never seen this process fail. And that includes pretty significant matters. It includes even matters in which financial restitution is necessary. I've seen church discipline even be enacted in such a way where one believer financially hurt another believer and the two of them were able to just, without enlisting the courts without bringing legal stuff into, into play, even without bringing insurance into play. Just be able to handle this graciously with one another and with full integrity before the Lord. Now, if there's, a, there's a, a matter that would go beyond the scope of what Paul constitutes as trivial, if you've got somebody who's, uh, who is absolutely hell-bent on axe murdering as many people as possible, maybe it's better to lock that person up so they, don't, they can't go around hurting other people. If there's, an abuser who, uh, if there's an abuser at work, then yeah, maybe you do need to, maybe you, maybe you do need to at least uh, rely upon the governmental capacity to temporarily incarcerate someone so as to uh, investigate and make sure that everything's being done in a way that doesn't endanger other lives. But the vast majority of cases are able to be handled in-house. You got people who can arbitrate here. And his final words are imperative. Instead, brother goes to court against brother. Remember, this is your brother in Christ. This is your sister in Christ. This is a spiritual family. This is a family matter. When my kids are having an argument over who gets to use the pitchback net next. I don't post about it on social media because it's none of your business. It's family matter and we're going to handle it in-house. Likewise, when there is a dispute between Christians, it doesn't need to be blogged about. It doesn't need to go on social media. It doesn't need to go before Washington State. Rather, handle this in-house. This is, after all, a family matter. This is your brother in Christ. This is your sister in Christ. And that kind of graciousness causes us to be less litigious to one another. You don't sue family, you just handle the matter. And that's Paul's point here. Remember this, remember this, remember this. Even if there's not something that you would ever consider worthy of even a frivolous lawsuit or a small claim or anything like that, this is your brother in Christ. This is your sister in Christ. It is better to just be wronged and forgive and move on than it is to exacerbate the problem causing other issues, and then compounding the process for reconciliation, which won't bring you peace anyway. And we'll talk more about that tomorrow.